0: It's Friday, it's episode number 764 and Sarah's back off her deathbed. It's time for newbie questions.
1: Are there wide-fitting shoes out there? Okay, so let me do the This is a question one. for
0: my ma. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a question for me. My favorite part of this whole event was Sarah put up a tweet about how she's almost ready for it. And the level of mansplaining <laughs> underneath the tweet is hilarious. Somebody obviously with no context as to... The podcast who you are gives some great training advice <laughs> i don't, I don't want to go i don't want to connect <laughs> that dot
1: <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that haggle <laughs> sarah welcome back to the land of the living Thank you. It was touch and go for a week at least, wasn't it? You
0: don't get sick often, but when you do
1: I go deep.
0: <laughs> what you have? A chest infection, an ear infection, and a sinus infection.
1: Yeah, and laryngitis.
0: And you must have had bed sores as well. You hardly moved.
1: <laughs> I was KO'd, I was completely out for the count. At least didn't have to do much minding. I was just, leave me alone, I'm going to sleep this off for a full 124 hours.
0: <laughs> and you haven't been sick in about a year since you came back from Mallon to Head, which is the furthest point north to the furthest point south on the island of Ireland. And you were dead for two weeks after that.
1: Yeah, that was, that was very, very sick. So once a year is kind of in, in and around my average. I'm usually generally a very healthy person. Uh, but I'm going to blame you. I think you gave me... Whatever I caught, but I got a more severe version of it. You can't
0: get fatigue. I had fatigue for <laughs> uh, Although maybe you can't catch fatigue because some of the people coming across the line in unbounds, because we watched a little clip of it at the weekend, they look like they somehow caught fatigue from each other, if that's possible. They were ruined. There was apparently... I was chatting to some friends who raced it and it was apparently like miles and miles of hike-a-bike and it wasn't very popular among participants because they criticised the organisers who easily apparently could have rerouted it. We had a made on the podcast last week just before Unbound, so unfortunately I couldn't put this accusation to him, but I'd be interested to know what he thinks.
1: Yeah, it was, I saw a very funny comment online where it said, oh, people are calling out for an adventure, an off-road day, something where they don't know what's going to happen next and then when they actually get that event they start giving out about it
0: I don't know there's a lot of expense goes into getting to something like Unbound like imagine we went over to Unbound you know you're taking time off work you're going to the States you can't pop over for a day you know you're gone for like Leadville for us is going to be probably a two week trip so there's a lot of expense goes into that And your main event, a lot of training goes into it. And to have a section that's blatantly not rideable, that's breaking so many people's bikes, I'm not too sure about it.
1: The pictures of the mud caked on and the drive chains just completely destroyed. I looked at Nicholas Roach's instagram the other day and he said that he had to become very proficient at using the mud stick Now i don't think that this is a technical i don't think we need to cover that on our tech part of newbie questions (laughs) it's just a stick but you're constantly removing the mud it was cool to see uh, nicholas roach out there representing an unbound that was that was amazing so i think we're going to see a lot more of him in the gravel scene anthony we have kenya next up for you you're yeah. All set. I know you're I'm, not all set. I'm not
0: all set at all. No, I know <laughs> nothing about Kenya. I have no accommodation booked. The flights booked, and I have an entry to the race. That's about as set as I am. And I've a bit of training done, I suppose.
1: Well, yeah, that's the big part, isn't it? I think you're. I think you're ready for it. You're ready to get stuck in.
0: I am nursing a little bit of a hand injury. I went. Fell basically off the side of a cliff last week out on the gravel bike, trying to push them limits of what's rideable on the gravel bike. And I definitely found what wasn't rideable and landed quite painfully on my hand. So I'm nursing that a little bit and hoping it'll be fine for Kenya.
1: Yeah, you are very banged up about it. And let's not forget Wicklow 200 this weekend. Oh, the big one. The big one. So anyone that's been following the show, I haven't been, I'm have i training Pretty. Um, I've been sticking to my plan now for the Rift gravel ride in July in Iceland. And the Wicklow 200 is one of my kind of KPIs that I've been, I know it's a month out for my big event. So I'm going to go to this. This is going to give me a little bit of knowledge as to where I stand. I can't wait. I'm really, really pumped for it, even though I've been feeling shock in the last week. I just can't wait to get it done and get started. So for
0: some context, the Wicklow 200 is a 200-kilometer Gran Fondo Sportif around the mountains that are close enough to our house. But my favourite part of this whole event was Sarah put up a tweet about how she's almost ready for it. And the level of mansplaining underneath (laughs) the tweet is hilarious. Somebody obviously with no context as to the podcast, who you are... Give some great training advice. Make sure you do hill sprints twice a week to get ready for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, man. I love that. People's hearts are totally in the right place. But some of the nutrition and hydration advice has been hilarious there. But thank you, everybody, for contributing. 120 calories per hour. (laughs) Yes. Somebody said 100 calories per hour. I was like, oh, my God, I'll bonk with 100 calories an hour. I'm assuming he meant 100 Grams of carbs for hour. That's what I'm going to be going for. <laughs> but yeah, it should be good fun. Watch this space. I'll be reporting back next week on how we get on.
0: Uh, before we jump into the actual questions, Sarah, we're doing a cool giveaway with What Bike, and it's running for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes. So all you got to do is click the link, pop in your name and a way to contact you, and you're in with a chance to win a brand new What Bike.
1: Adam. Yeah, it's a Brick's really, feet. it's a really cool piece of. A really cool torture device that you can have in your own home for <laughs> getting all your sessions done okay let's move on to the questions anthony question number one are you ready boom okay this is from tom stamp i don't think this one's for you actually i think this is more for me not that this is like a gender thing but i just know you and you won't be able to answer this so Tom wonders can you use fabric softener on washing kit I've been told I shouldn't and should your cycling shoes be the same size as your normal shoes I've wide feet so go a size up are there wide-fitting shoes out there? Okay, so let me do the this softener This is a question one. for
0: my ma. This <laughs> <laughs> is not a question for me.
1: Let me do the softener one, right? Okay, first of all, question for you, Tom. Why do you need to use fabric softener on your Lycra? Wash
0: it in the sink like a real man with some washing up liquid. You'd be fine. Hang it out to dry on a piece of floss over your bathtub. Do you want to be a pro or not? Uh,
1: yeah, that's so That's so true. Or a lot of people just jump into the shower with their kit on and kind of soap up their chamois. I know the yeah,
0: Like washing and shitting in a hole. And this fella's talking about fabric softener.
1: <laughs> I love that he wrote this in. Okay, so I don't think your kit needs fabric softener because you're a tough guy, you're a cyclist. You don't need that. those smells of daisies. But on top of that, fabric softeners are actually really bad for your kit because they form this layer over your clothing and it makes your lycra become less breathable. So, don't under any circumstance use fabric softener. And in fact, you can buy detergent that is specifically made for these synthetic materials that we that Lycra is made from. So, I would definitely try and dig one of those out.
0: And actually, before you jump into the talking about the width of the shoe question, what is really cool and my only input into washing the kit, Muckoff have this cool spray, and you spray it all over your kit. And it keeps your kit waterproof. So the water slides off it. I don't even know what it's called, but it's amazing. It's like muck off rain shield or something, but it's phenomenal. I use it all the time. Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. I used that a couple of weeks ago as well. It was was really cool. You could see the water beating off my arms, which was very convenient in Ireland. Now, onto the shoe issue. You know what they say about people with big shoes and wide shoes, Anthony?
0: (laughs) I've never heard about wide (laughs) shoes, no. What a a wide... (laughs) <laughs> don't to, I don't I don't want to go I don't want to connect that <laughs>
1: dot. I'm just going to leave that haggle there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry to Check out it. the fitting guide, Tom. <laughs> okay, so I would recommend that you don't go up a size in your shoe. Your shoe should fit you correctly because you're going to spend a lot of money for it. It should be perfect for you. And a lot of the brands do wide fitting. We covered an S-Works shoe a couple of months ago and you can get it in a standard size or a wide size. The wide size is four millimeters wider. And all of the brands have this. The uh, Physic have wide fit, Bond, Shimano and Lake. What I will say from looking into this a little bit further The cheaper brands of shoes don't seem to do a wide fit. So if you go up a little bit into the kind of more premium level, you will find wide fit and you will find that comfort.
0: A few years ago, I saw a huge gap in the market for an app that was like a cycling coach, but in your pocket. I knew back then that artificial intelligence was ultimately going to be the best cycling coach in the world. It has transpired that I was correct. I spent about two years trying to bring this idea to life and unfortunately I didn't make it happen. But ever since then I've kept a really close eye on this space to see who's going to be the winner, to see if somebody else could succeed where I failed. The Breakaway app caught my attention a couple of months back because Christian van de Velde, yes, the Christian van de Velde who came forth in the Tour de France is one of the co-founders. This piqued my attention. Then I realized they've achieved everything I set out to achieve, plus more. They've created the ultimate cycling training companion, and they're going to bring low-cost coaching to the masses. You'll know from listening to my podcast that one of my pet peeves is cyclists who head out the door with no plan, no goal, who just roll around without an objective. Don't be that guy. You're leaving so much free fitness on the table. The breakaway app looks at all your historic training data and it builds plans around your strengths and around your weaknesses. So you'll always have the perfect session. They also have integrations, which I'm really excited about. Whoop and Aura Ring. The reason I previously ditched my wearables was because the data wasn't informing my training decisions. If you want all this, go check it out on the breakaway.app forward slash roadman. That's breakaway dot app forward slash roadman you can download the app for free i'm going to leave a link to this in today's show notes go check it out
1: question number two i'm a previous third cash rider who's not ridden for four years but looking to try to get back on the bike i'm a lorry driver and a farmer working over 80 hours a week but I need to get started. I'm setting aside a couple of hours over the weekend and wondered if you have a great 30-minute workout I could use twice a week to restart the habit. I have a Watt bike, look at you, so I would do those sessions on that. Absolutely love the podcast, a great mix of cycling and motivation. Cheers, Stuart Tilbrook. Now, I have a feeling Anthony's going to bring out the dreaded T word No, I think
0: Tabata's a bit rough for this lad. Uh, I I don't know, I love Threshold's nice, simple workout that you can... Smash out in 30 minutes, especially on a watt bike, where literally warm up for 10 minutes, warm down for 10 minutes, write 10 minutes threshold in between, boom. Or else you split it up into blocks of five minute threshold with five minute gaps in between. Threshold, eight out of 10 efforts. Or you can use your watt bike, obviously, to self determine what your threshold is by doing a 20 minute test. And I've put out loads of podcasts on how to set your threshold, which are worth going back and checking out as a reference podcast. I actually put out a podcast on, what was it, Wednesday? which would be really interesting for you, Stuart. It was a podcast on how to build your own training plan because I don't necessarily think that doing the same session twice a week, every week is going to get you to where you want to go. If your target is just to restart a habit, maybe to getting on the bike and just getting into that routine and getting onto your kit. But if you have a target that's a little more specific, that podcast is really good for breaking down how to actually build out a training plan that sort of do's and don'ts and avoid just nonsense like you know, outdated, antiquated concepts like smart goals and all this business corporate speak that just don't really work in cycling?
1: It's hard, isn't it? Look, Stuart is working 80 hours a week. That's tough to try and crowbar in sessions into that, you know, around that. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for a little bit of, more information or a bit of coaching, Stuart, pop me an email, sarah at roadmancycling.com. Okay, question number three. Sarah, I listened to your podcast on having indoor plants and how they can help with your health goals. I loved it, but I went down a rabbit hole on which plants to buy and which ones are best. What do you have and why? And maybe you can ask your mom, because anyone who listens to that will know that my mom was the inspiration for that podcast. She is a prof- actual professional gardener. Okay, so I have a couple of recommendations. I'll go through them really quickly and what I'm going to do is list them as well the names of them in the show notes so you can buy You're them. You're
0: definitely going to forget to do it. I'm but, not
1: I 100% I'm going to do this. We I always say that, oh yeah, it's <laughs>
0: in the show notes it's in the show notes there's never anything <laughs> in the show notes but we will put them in the show notes.
1: Okay number one is a peace lily because These ones are really top for air purifying. So as I said in my podcast, everything that surrounds you in your house, your cleaners, your carpet, your sofa, all the plastics that you have around you, they're constantly emitting chemicals. And the peace lily is really, really good for taking in these toxins through the leaves. Then they bring it down into the roots and then they uh, absorb it in in the soil. Another great one is aloe vera. Really hard to kill, really easy to mind. Doesn't need that much attention at all number three Boston fern again this increases the quality of the air and it actually helps restore moisture into the air as well and the last one which is almost impossible to kill I think <laughs> impossible is a spider plant so I am going to put all of these in the show notes I promise and go and get your living area get it nice and green Question number four, Anthony, I'm doing the Wicklow 200 this week. I'll see you there. There's an option to turn off and cut the ride short at one point and go onto the 150 kilometres course. How do I resist the temptation to turn off at this point? Even though I have trained for this event, I've never done this amount of kilometres and I've never done this much climbing in a day. How will I know if I'm empty physically or if I'm just being a wimp and I should push on and do the 200 kilometres?
0: I don't know, use a negative incentive. Maybe you make a a donation to your least favorite cause if you turn off early. Like you gotta give a thousand euro to the Ku Klux Klan if you turn off early. Those sort of negative incentives, I don't know, maybe that won't work. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, do it with friends. Like, uh,
1: what do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I don't know. I think just before you get there, commit. Just don't have the 100 or the 100. You probably didn't know there was a 100 option either until just now. Park
0: your car at the (laughs) end of the 200 course. Oh,
1: that's a great idea. Even though I think they all loop back around anyway. No, get to the event don't even have it in your mind that there's 150 options. Well, it's in one. his mind
0: already if he's on the podcast question.
1: Get all over social media. Tell everyone you're going to do the 200 kilometers.
0: <laughs> You'd be a social pariah if you go home early.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just think if you've done the training, yes, I know it's daunting that you haven't done the full distance, but just dig deep. Just think to yourself, come on, I've trained for this. This is my target event. Fucking Man up, woman up, whatever it is. And do not take those turns off for the 150 kilometers. And I want to hear from you next week when you do the 200 kilometer. Other than that, I've no other advice, only for I will lose all respect for you.
0: I hear the best sandwich stop is 160k in anyway, so.
1: <laughs> I love that. Actually, I've heard they do great 99 ice creams <laughs> just before the Shea Elliot. It's Sarah, what are 99. you talking
0: about? You, If you turn off at the 150, which is very lightly, you're <laughs> sacked from the podcast. I'm
1: definitely not. You can go back to Johnson & Johnson. I'm definitely not going to turn off early because I am determined and pig-headed and I'll never live it down if I do. So that's my motivation. Okay, question number five. Anthony and Sarah, I love the podcast. I recently started listening to when it was recommended to me by a cycling buddy and I'm getting through all your old episodes now. I'm interested to hear your take on this. About a year ago I bought my wife a road bike and she started coming on spins at me. The problem is now I can't go out without her. It's you sending this question Sarah. (laughs) We're training buddies what are are you talking about?
0: (laughs) I cycled to get away from you.
1: Her level isn't that high. So I just roll around at her in zone two for a few hours and don't actually get any training in. How can I get her to improve or how do I train around it? Or how do I tell her she can't come out with me anymore? And that's from... Oh, sorry. I was supposed to leave that name anonymous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm beeped at when I would call him. Get her a cycling coach is one way. Uh, start using the breakaway app which we've been plugging this week which is another way it's a cool cheaper way than a cycling coach to do it what other ways could you get someone up and running faster I, like if you, she's rolling around already and you're in your zone 2 that's not bad
1: I'm thinking here this girl doesn't know how to sit on a wheel So that would be one of the things that I would teach or, you know, try to teach your wife how to do is to sit on a wheel. Because if you want to push it into zone three or zone four and she's happy enough to sit back and stay in a little bit of shelter, you can definitely get a little bit more of a harder session in for yourself while she's kind of more comfortable behind you. you you, you hate that Anthony you know when we go out together you basically got a a full podcast in and I'm just on your wheel suffering
0: but also like just talk to her if you don't want to go training with her you don't want to go training with her like uh, joking aside like someday Sarah will come out with me we went out and we rode a recovery ride on Monday and it was a lovely spin met friends, stopped for coffee but if I I rode a longer five hour gravel day the day before there's just no point in Sarah coming out on that spin because it's going to be miserable for everyone and it's going to result in us breaking up. So yeah, just being honest. You're
1: just completely honest with me. The other thing I will say as well is why can't you go out with your wife if you've got a two hour ride plan together and you want to go and do four or five minute efforts go up the road, do your efforts and then come back to her and then finish off your spin together and go and get your coffee spin or whatever. There's lo- so many options. And I love the fact that your wife is into it. There's so many people ride into us on a weekly basis where their partner doesn't understand their new hobby or you know is kind of a little bit pissed off because they never get to see their other half anymore because they're now addicted to cycling. So like you're really lucky. Embrace this and try and bring your wife on. and And, we're, and Oh, the other thing I will say as well, encourage her make sure she's got a nice bike make sure she's got a nice <laughs> kit <laughs> because the more the nicer kit all of that kind of stuff will keep her in the sport and introduce her to other women that do cycling as well that might take the pressure off you
0: i think the last one on this because we're at the debt you don't have to do the whole ride together. You know, you can do the first 30 minutes where you're warming up easy, or you can meet her for the last 30 minutes. She can ride out towards you, send you a WhatsApp live location, bump into her for the last 30 minutes. So she gets 30 minutes riding on her own and then 30 minutes riding with you. You can plan loops like that where even our Saturday group, there's one fast group do a longer route, slower group do a shorter route, and we all meet back at the calf. So yeah. there's loads of ways to, to skin that cat.
1: Okay, we'll move on to tech. Anthony, this I 100% do not recommend. It's just been released. And I'll tell you at the end why I don't think that this is a good idea. So, parameter connectivity is coming to the Apple Watch. So, until now, and they're doing these new updates. We all know Apple, they had some big conferences this week where they, you know, have reignited technology. The whole world is changing. We've got all of these, you know, eye goggle monitor things. Hold on,
0: wait, wait, what are you dogging on them? They look cool.
1: No, they do look cool, but I'm just saying. Like, there was loads of other things that were announced as well, and one of these things was a, an update for the Apple Watch. So now, until now, you haven't been able to connect your parameter to your Apple Watch, and this is a feature that you will be able to do from now on. So you'll be able to get your parameter, your speed sensor, your cadence, all of that information, you'll be able to get to your watch. So they're talking about maybe it being the death of the bike computer because it will all be there on your wrist. The reason I think this is a bad idea is when I first started cycling, when I met met you first many moons ago and I started training with a coach, all I had was my Fitbit and I nearly crashed into the sea, crashed into cars, crashed into anything, was totally wobbly, almost took entire families out trying to look at my heart rate on my watch, letting go of the, the handlebars to look at my watch. I think it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, I similarly used to train with, it was an old polar, if anyone remembers that, back in the day or the first. They had the whole market in heart rate for a while, like the entire market. I'm talking like 100% of the market. Every single person used a polar heart rate monitor and then they lost it all. Uh, But I had a polar watch super early when I got started and I used to use it on my time trial bike and wear it backwards. And it actually wasn't that hard to see your data on that, but that's on the time trial bike, much harder to see it on the road bike. I just can't see it replacing. Quadlock seems to be coming big and they have an unlimited marketing and budget where people want to put their phone onto their handlebars. I'm really geeky on keeping my dashboard clean. So I don't like these mounts that you can put your watch on top of. I don't like the idea of a quad lock up there. I have my Stages computer there. It's tidy. It goes nice with my integrated factor mount, and it all just looks clean with no cables up there. I hate any clutter on my dashboard. So for me, it's going to be a hard no. But the idea of having the data in Apple Health That's intriguing and I think that's something that probably has legs and I'll be watching that space.
1: Yeah, you absolutely would never put your phone on your handlebars because you would see me calling you to get home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, bad idea. (laughs)
1: You know notifications and emails coming up when you're out trying to enjoy your spin? I I don't get why people would have their phone in front of them when they're riding the bike, but that's just me.
0: One thing you could do is our last question on how do you train with your wife. If you get this update, quad lock, phone on the handlebars, Netflix... The new Tour de France series is starting this week. You can watch it out with your missus.
1: Oh, I can't wait for the Netflix. So we watched, and we can wrap this up after Anthony's given me the the timeout signal here. We watched Wolfpack on Amazon last week and it was amazing. Anyone who hasn't seen that, I think go check it out. Gives amazing insights to the team and everything that goes on behind the scenes.
0: That's a wrap. Chat next week, folks. Talk soon.
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals